I saw the most beautiful sunrise this morning. And there have been so many beautiful sunrises this winter, especially on the crazy windy days. That's been a bright spot for me this season, and I've been reminding myself to watch for them and pay attention to them. I think it's true about a lot of things in life. Sometimes you really have to look for the bright and the beautiful amidst the chaos and struggle sometimes. I don't know about you, but I've been feeling a bit dragged down by this pandemic. I just want to hug people more often. I'm pretty tired of wearing a mask and I'd like to eat at my favorite restaurant again and even have people over to my house for dinner. I know this isn't everyone's experience, but I'm certainly not the only one either. I think at the end of the day, I've been reminded that I need to get back to some of the things that I really love doing again, even if they look different, even if that means that they don't look the same in these disruptive times. How can I just start doing some of the things that I love doing, some way, somehow? Enough time has gone by for me to realize that I have to start putting one foot in front of the other again and notice the opportunities, not just the things that stand in my way. I need to notice the open doors, not just the ones that are closed. Some of you are really good at this, and you're killing it right now, taking advantage of selling umbrellas in this rainstorm or maybe making a lot of money on the Zoom stocks you invested in. But some of us are not there. For some of us, our kids are more stressed than we've ever seen them, our marriages are struggling, our routines are hard to stick to more than they ever have been, our jobs look different, things are more complicated, and we miss our friends and family. Some of us are not as creative as we'd like to be right now, and we've, we, we haven't been finding the lemonade from the lemons that some of you have been talking about. One thing I see in these ebbs and flows of life is that they're full of lessons. And there's something that keeps rising to the surface for me personally. I thought I had grit, but I found out I actually need more. I need to grab a hold of opportunities around me and look at some of these lemons in life a little differently. I need my community, and it's with them that I can set up the lemonade stand. In this episode of the podcast, I'm featuring a business I really care about in Lethbridge. It's the friendly neighborhood running store, Runner Soul off Mayor McGrath Drive South and South Parkside Drive. It's been my Saturday morning stop, my go-to shoe store, and a meeting place for so many of my running friends. I love pulling up to the store early in the morning on a winter Saturday when it's dark outside and the city is quiet. I love listening to the Saturday Morning Marathon Club running tip of the day, sharing race-like jitters with friendly faces. I like seeing my picture up beside my friends on their Marathon Club wall, and I love that the employees know their customers by name. They know me. They know my family by name, and they don't mind if I run 10 miles or two. They're just sincerely happy to see me when I arrive, and I feel welcome from the moment I hear the little jingle above the door. Owners Sean and Aaron Pinder have built an inclusive, diverse, and team-like running community through their store, Runner Soul, and they've grown outside of their comfort zone this past year by changing up their routines. They have been inspiring runners from 6 years old to 86 years old. There are pictures and names and trophies on the wall, and although I may never make it to Boston, I'm just as inspired to be a runner. And just like everyone else, I'm putting one foot in front of the other. I also had a chance to capture the snapshot of a runner in town who happens to be my son. 
Carter Van Roon is my 17-year-old firstborn, and he's passionate about running. And although he hasn't had the chance to do all of the things he would normally do in running this past year, he missed provincials, he lost the opportunity to run with his high school team, and he struggled to find routine in his running like a lot of us did. But in 2020, he had a very memorable experience in running that I think captures the heart of how we grow in these desert-like seasons in life. It's outside of our comfort zone when we push ourselves, when we put one foot in front of the other. That's when the learning happens. In both of these stories, it speaks again to the importance of reaching out and reaching into our community in these times and finding opportunities around us wherever we're at. It's about thinking differently sometimes and finding new ways of doing things. Listeners, here are the stories from business owners finding their way through a pandemic and a young teenage runner who pushed himself beyond what he thought were his limits. They have a message of passion, resilience, and grit. You don't learn these things when you're just sipping lemonade. You learn these things when you're staring at the lemons, when you're asking yourself, what am I going to do with you, lemon? I think that it's really good for our community and also the community outside of Lethbridge to get to know some of the people and the stories within our local community. And so that's just kind of what I want to share. I just want to share some different things that have happened in in our community and people who have stories in our community, um, especially during this present time of being somewhere along the continuum of this. (laughs) global pandemic which seems to have taken over our lives recently I know we just kept thinking that it was going to end and it's like it keeps going and going and going so I definitely want to to share um, a little bit about how that has affected you personally and professionally I think as people hear that message that they're not alone and also just the message of hope in what different people have done, even in business and outside of business that have really kind of helped them just step up and step into into change and do that with some level of confidence. So yeah. Well, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you for being willing to do it. So I'm hoping we can start with just a little bit of an overview for our listeners to understand how runner soul came to be in your world and I don't know if like we can just maybe hear a little bit from both of you about how you got started okay sounds good I started (laughs) running a lot earlier than Sean in grade nine phys ed I had a teacher who made us run around the schoolyard every day before gym class and at first like most people with running I hated it and I would like run till I was out of sight and then walk the rest of the way And it just, it got easier and I actually started to enjoy it. And I ended up joining uh, Lethbridge track after that. And so I ran through high school with them. And then when I got to university, I was going to U of L and I joined marathon club with runner soul. Um, And the previous, like the founder of runner soul, Ron Bain, um, he just asked one day if I would be interested in working at the store. So I actually started out working part-time there in 98, I think it was. 
and worked yeah and worked there until I went away for school at to U of A and I did my physio degree there and then when I came back um, Ron was looking to move on and he approached Sean and I about taking over the store so that's kind of in a nutshell (laughs) yeah wow okay and how about you Sean when I was a kid I I wasn't really a runner. I mean, I ran a little bit, but my main sport was swimming. And I swam through high school and university. I swam with the U of L Pronghorns. But a goal that I always had um, throughout all that time really was that I wanted to be able to to do Ironman at some point. And so you got to be able to run to finish Ironman. So that's kind of what got me into (laughs) running. And uh, Aaron and I, by that time had been together for, for a while. And, um, so I'd seen her at a bunch of different events as well. So that kind of got me into the running world. I remember going to watch her compete at run for the pumpkin and moonlight run. In fact, I'm pretty sure partway (laughs) through university I did. I've only actually ran moonlight run once because the rest of the time I've either been involved with organizing or, um, for years I played the bagpipes. So anyways, that was, uh, one of my early experiences in the running community in Lethbridge. But then once I got started in triathlon, I mean, I've been running ever since. I wonder how many different runs you have between the two of you, <laughs> like how many different, how many different countries you've been to and all the rest. What, what's the, um, what's sort of the biggest milestone that you have been able to kind of conquer in running um, for each of you, what, what is one kind of pinnacle run that you were able to do? Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) I've had a lot, like I I really enjoy marathons. And so doing some of the majors has been really neat. So the, like the major marathons are Berlin, London, Chicago, um, New York and Boston. And I haven't done them all. I still haven't done London. Actually, I think London's the only one I have left, I guess. Oh, and Tokyo. So those were wow. neat. And then Ironman as well was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. Um, I haven't ever been drawn to the majors as much as Aaron. I mean, I have, I did do Berlin the one year and I've went and watched her at some of these others, but um, definitely Ironman, like I'd already mentioned, was a, was a big uh, priority for me to do. And I've done uh, a few of them now. And I do intend to do more. It's just uh, the last few years with kids and so forth, it's been, I decided I'd take a little bit of time (laughs) away from training for that particular event. So what would you say that running does for you personally? Um, For me, that's changed over the years a lot. So right now, I really mostly do it for health, like physical and mental health and stress relief. And it's just some me time because life is busy with kids and work and stuff. And also social, like I get, I would say most of my social time is always, has always been running with, with running buddies. Um, But in the past, I was definitely more, I did it more for like chasing goals, achieving goals, challenges, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it really helped to build confidence too, especially when I was first starting out, like, and I think most runners find that when they when they can work at something and set a goal and then achieve it and then move on to something else and keep building on that. It, it really builds confidence and makes you feel like you can do other things. I've always been very goal oriented with, I think all of my sport pursuits. 
and I still am like, obviously as I age, my goals have to change. But uh, when I go out, usually I have, you know, something I'm looking to gain from the, the workout, especially right now, it plays a big part in stress relief and, and overall health. And uh, I actually don't know what I would do without sport because I've been doing it for so long and fairly seriously. I know I was so excited that, you know, Marathon Club had started again. I didn't realize how much I had missed it and missed that consistency. And it was, it just felt so good to be back the other day when we were all, you know, connected and talking about running goals and things like that. It was interesting because when we were, when we were in our little groups talking about, about our running goals, I just said, you know, I just want to do things that I've always loved doing. Like, I just want to do, if I'm able to, the half marathons that I like doing and, and some of my my favorite runs are the ones that I want to do again and I just want to get back mm-hmm. into it it just feels so good to finally have marathon club again <laughs> yeah. yeah so what kind of community do you feel like you have nurtured at runner soul um well we've definitely tried to nurture an inclusive community like I feel like we have people from all walks of life in our group and we were talking about how one of the things we love to see is you get two very like people who are just in very different points of in their life, like maybe a stay at home parent and a CEO of a company. And just because they have running in common and maybe they're running at the same pace, they end up developing or like a really good friendship. And it's just neat to see that like people who maybe wouldn't have met otherwise. Well, definitely Aaron and I try to do as much as we can to make it very inclusive for a wide array of people. Like I, I know there's people that come into the runner's soul that talk about how they're intimidated initially, but I, I hope that we would dispel that, that feeling for them fairly quickly because uh, like just running is a, a sport that so many people at any age can participate in. So we want to make sure that we make it uh, really accessible for everyone. Yeah. We've got people do learn to run who like they're 70 years old when they start and they, have just, you know, they've been working their whole life and they finally retire and have some time and they, they do just fine. We also had one, one learn to run participant who I'll always remember. She was actually, it was before we owned the store, but I was working at the store and she told us that she cut the learn to run guide or learn to run ad out of the leisure guide. She, it took her a year to build up the courage to come in because she was worried that she wouldn't fit in and that type of thing. And she told us after about it and how how she really did feel accepted and included and like she fit in. So especially for new runners, I think it's, it's hard to, to come in. It takes a lot of courage to get started, but hopefully we make them feel at ease. And I think all the other runners in the community do too. No. And I think you definitely have a very inclusive community. And I remember too, like when I first moved to Lethbridge, that's kind of how I started uh, running was, was with the learn to run because I hadn't done it for so long. I was like, I guess I need to learn to run all over again. <laughs> so I, I joined that and it just kind of went from there and I've had ebbs and flows, but it's always been a really important part of our community, but it's also been a really important part of my life too. And I, I think that um, I've encouraged a lot of people to you know, join the Learn to Run or to start there because I think it is a very inclusive and welcoming place to, to begin. But you have such a continuum there and you have all these beginner runners and you've got 
everybody in between and then you've got people who are running marathons all over the world and it's just it's such a it's such a neat thing that all of those different types of people come together and enjoy running and marathon club on the weekend is a perfect example of that right there's just so many different people with different goals yeah Yeah. lots of different reasons that people have arrived there too it's just neat to see hear their stories from time to time mm-hmm. and then and then obviously they change over time as well people keep coming back and with different goals and... so with the global pandemic that affected your business and many others in our community what was the impact of that for you personally and professionally and was there a turning point anywhere between all of the different closures where you kind of started to change direction or you changed your focus or there was just some kind of pivot there for you? Yeah, I think like early on in March when the closures started, it was really stressful for us. We had to like the moonlight run was canceled a week before it happened or it was supposed to happen. So that just brought on a whole bunch of uh, issues on its own. But then we had two elementary school kids at home learning and we were closed. So we were only doing curbside pickup and things like that. So it was just stressful trying to think about how long could we survive? How long can the store survive in this kind of model, just kind of wrapping our head around that. And it really took, I think until April till we started um, being a little bit more proactive and we set up an online store in April. And that had been something, something we were really resistant to doing before, but when it became the only, the only option for having sales, that was enough motivation to do it. Um, and then further on, like into the summer is when we, we started to try to think about ways we could engage the community without actually interacting with them physically. So just doing some more virtual events, not necessarily to replace our usual events, but just to kind of standalone virtual events that, that people might enjoy. I'm probably a little more involved with the events end of runner's soul than than Aaron is so like initially as she had mentioned moonlight run was really I found that really difficult the committee as a whole I mean that was uh we were a week out of the race and it was pretty gut-wrenching because we are all ready for it to happen just as as the participants are and then to have to completely change direction with it was really tough yeah I mean it was way more difficult with that one than any of the other races because with it being so close to when the world shut down really we had already had a lot of things in place in terms of like uh like we already had all the shirts ordered and they were pretty much being shipped to Lethbridge as the (laughs) the pandemic really set in and we had medals on the way and so there was a lot of expenses that had already been incurred where other events that were you know four months down the road we we still had a lot we could do with those in terms of returning people's entire um entry fee because we hadn't incurred any of those expenses so anyways it was quite a shift because we were trying to still have something for people that they could enjoy and and then of course like everybody you're going through massive stress with (laughs) what's happening with your kids and what is this whole pandemic going to look like and what what's going to happen with your business and your finances? So it was a pretty stressful time. 
So moving forward, what do you think will change now for you in your business approach or uh, just in terms of your goals for the business? What's going to change now or would you do something different now? Like we've, we've kind of seen that we can still engage with our customers without them coming into the store. So we did a ton of like phone calls and texting pictures back and forth for shoe fittings. Like we've just learned that we can adapt and there's other ways to, to do things. And some of those will keep. And then there were some virtual events that we did that people really enjoyed. So I think we'd like to, of course, we're going to go back to in-person, but if we can, but we want to incorporate some of the aspects of the virtual events in as well. Like Aaron had mentioned, we, we brought the online shop and we're going to be carrying, carrying on with that into the future. Well, and we are able to have people in the store even now to, to do fittings and so forth. But uh, if I go back to what I'd said earlier about um, sometimes people are intimidated coming into the store, it's almost like a, a softer way for them to be introduced to Runner's Soul and what gear we carry. And then um, they can learn a little bit about the product and then they can come in and we can we can kind of finish it off and, and become begin to have the personal interaction. So I think that's quite valuable. And then I, yeah, just like I mentioned before, the connecting virtually and just that there's, there are different ways of, of doing, like, I thought the only way that we could actually do a good job of fitting was to have somebody in the store in front of us. And we've, we've figured out that there are other ways around that. Yeah. I think, I think having people in the store probably still is the best way to do a fitting, but um, we've found ways that uh, we can at least make it happen if that can't happen. Something else I would say is like even just learning about our sport is pretty resilient, really. People can do it in all kinds of different conditions. I think we already knew that it could happen in all kinds of weather, weather conditions. <laughs> I know just the fact that people can still come up with great ways to compete against one another when you can't even meet up. So that's pretty, pretty amazing. And, and there's just lots of goals and it's been really, at least from my, my, my perspective, it's been fun to see new people coming to the sport because you, maybe they've been at their gym or, and that's how they're getting their exercise, but they've switched to running and finding that, oh, okay, after you stick with it for a little while, it, it's actually a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I kept thinking, I, I'm going to go crazy through this pandemic, but I'm not going to go as crazy because I'm able to get yeah. outside and walk or run or whatever, right? Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing what, the, like, just being able to be outside has done for people. Have you found, like, our runners, like, toilet paper right now? <laughs> because it <laughs> seems like there's so many things like that that you can't get. There was definitely a big run on winter stuff. Like we cannot get any more uh, winter gear for like apparel for outdoor and then shoes that are good on ice and snow. That type of thing was yeah. really popular. I think so many people were, there were so many more people running at gyms than we realized. And all of a sudden they have to take that outside if they want to continue. So what do you hope that your running community will take away from these challenging times and what what are you hoping they will take away from this last year's experience with runner soul well i i hope and i think that they will have a like a deeper appreciation for in-person meetings like group runs the energy that that we kind of miss when we do things virtually um so hopefully everyone will be excited to get back to that 
with the pandemic, I kind of feel that running has been a pretty resilient activity, but um, it's also just driven home how nice those events are when you're able to have them with big groups. And Marathon Club, as you had mentioned earlier, like it's not anywhere close to a typical year with the way we're running it, but even still, it's nice to even have a portion of it back running um, week to week. And it, it's just so, so nice. It's a good feeling, right? The, everybody's mm-hmm. grasping for a little bit of normalcy, I think. So even to be able to do it in this uh, vastly different form is is quite nice. Yeah, we've had a lot of feedback that even just with 10 people, it still is such a step in the right direction. Yeah. I think that's a really great way of putting it too, Sean, is just that everyone's just grasping for that normalcy because I think that that really does kind of summarize how a lot of people are probably feeling right now because we we didn't realize how much we were going to miss some of these pieces of our life that had just kind of become automatic. Like every weekend we did this, every week we did this. And I mean, there's lots of pieces in there that were probably unnecessary busyness, but there's also some things that we've enjoyed that kind of felt taken away and any little bit of having those things back just feels so refreshing again so yeah I think there's a lot to be said about grasping at normalcy because I think that does summarize it so what is next for you with your business and what is next for you personally do you have some running goals or or some other health goals that are kind of sitting in in the queue right now like what what's next last summer we canceled a family vacation we were going to drive across Canada with the kids and so we ended up doing that just as a family virtually just with walks and runs and we tried to do some activities along the way um, as we virtually as we virtually hit different cities so we're we are hoping Mm -hmm. to do that this summer but we'll have to see we've had a little bit more family time just with the kids which has been nice and I we've talked about it quite a bit. I don't think we'll go back to all the activities that like the formal activities they were doing. They've just had so much fun just going to the park and kicking a soccer ball or playing catch or things, things like that, that, that we can do with them easily. So we'll probably keep that up and maybe not overschedule ourselves quite so much. Um, I, I don't think that you're the only one saying that about the overscheduling piece, because I hear that so often and I know even for our family we were so busy before and we were doing so many different things our kids were involved overly involved in different activities and it did kind of feel like we were on that treadmill of life and couldn't quite get off because there was so many things that everyone was doing you don't really know how to stop till you have to Mm -hmm. and then I think just having everything come to this screeching halt you do look at everything and try and assess the situation as to what you will do moving forward. But I think like even for our family, we've, we've gotten to the point where it really is hard to say yes to some of those things. Um, Just having more downtime is something that we're not really used to at our house. We haven't had a lot of downtime and having that and experiencing that and realizing how good that felt I felt like we were living in like the olden days. <laughs> like... Kind of towards the end of the summer, 
I don't ever remember our boys being quite so excited to go back to school. <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess at some point you do want some some changes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I can be I can be home, but not not that much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really I really appreciated talking to you, and and I hope that we can share your story and the stories of others. Oh, this is funny. I, I'm planning to interview everybody in my family, I think. And so, I'm the second one. <laughs> second one. And uh, we've got a few more to go. Um, so I just want to talk to our listeners a little bit about you and your connection to the running community that you have. And I know that you started running when you were in grade one at your elementary school. Mm -hmm. And you started running with the help of your first running coach and your grade one teacher, Mrs. Firth. And she kind of instilled that love of running in you. And and you've come a long way since then. So can you kind of tell us where you're at now with running and your running community? Mm-hmm. To, to start off, when I first started running with Mrs. Firth, um, I think you said like she inspired and instilled a, a love for running and th that's exactly what she did. Mrs. Firth was my grade one teacher and she ran the running club and through that she she gave a love for for running for all these kids that at, at school that I don't know if I don't know if I would ever run if it wasn't for Mrs. Firth and Mrs. Firth had these little little chants that we would do, and um, some of them. One of them was, "Rain or snow don't mean a thing. We can run through anything." And we had a shirt that said, um, "I believe" on the front, and then on the back it said, "Do you?" And I think with those shirts, it instilled a broader belief that we were running and that we believe in ourselves and um even if even if you don't believe in in your in us we we believe in ourselves and and we can do that and through through mrs firth i really started running and then um I, i've come a bit of a way since then i've ran in high school cross country and track and field and um i've done some community races and what running means to me now I, I don't know if I fully totally understand why I run completely, but I know some reasons that I run. I think I run because it's amazing fitness and I and I love I love to run. I love the places you can explore with, with running and it clears your head and you can and you can do it with people is a really important thing and I, I believe that through running you can really build community and I think that's one of the prime reasons that I run and why I love it so much because running just by yourself can sometimes feel terrible because if you're doing speed workouts or intervals or a long run sometimes it can be really difficult but with community I think you can achieve so much more and that's partly why I love running and my running community has included lots of people. It's included um, Mrs. Firth, mentors. I've ran with family friends, with neighbors. Um, I I've ran with my 
classmates and um, I ran with my my teammates. And even when we were at summer camp in, I was doing a program at SABC, with which is Southern Alberta Bible Camp. And a couple of people who have never run that were in my cabin ran with me. And so I think running connects people. And that's partly why I love it so much. And that's how, that's what it means to me because I can be healthy doing it and I can connect to people and explore places. Yeah, that's really cool. And, and I know I have seen, um, I've seen your community around you build so much. And I, I think that watching how you've connected all the way from elementary school, beginning in grade one, and being able to connect to some of the same people. Um, you have run through all kinds of different programs, like you've been involved in cross country in your high school, and you've been involved in, like you said, different runs that have taken you different places. You've run with different people, but you've run all the way from elementary school, middle school to high school. And now it's almost like it's a part of your your lifestyle. And it seems like sometimes, you know, when you just want to clear your head or whatever, you, you go for a run or when you're trying to get back into um, more of a regular fitness routine, you rely on running so much more now. So I, I know that it's been really important in your life. And I, I know even for myself, it's helped me build community and I think that's one of the great things about running. And one of the things that helped a lot of us through, um, through COVID and, and through just many different things that were closed, it just felt good to be outside and running could be a part of that. So I want to talk a little bit about a special run that you chose to do. And that special run, I'm going to let you explain to our listeners, but can you, can you tell us about why you did that run and how that all kind of unfolded? Mm-hmm. So the run was the Biggs Backyard Ultra Marathon, and I think we were referred to it by a friend. And I, I think I loved the, the sound of the, of the race, and I think I was a bit naive. And I didn't really know totally what it was or how it would play out. I was very, um, very new to it. I was very green. And so the basis of the Backyard Ultra Marathon is you do, I think it's 4.1 miles every hour on the hour. So if it takes you 40 minutes to run the 4.1 miles, you have 20 minutes before you go, you go out again. And I think um, ultra running is something that I've always looked at as I would love to do. And so I think with this one, it sounded attainable that I would be able to, to do this race. And so I, I made a, a goal of 24 hours and I think that was, that was quite naive, but it was something that I, I strived for and I ended up doing 12 hours. And so I did 80 kilometers and the farthest race I had done before that was 10 kilometers. So I, I did 70 kilometers more than I've ever raced before. And the the only way I did it was because of the community. And I, I never would have been able to, to do it by myself. I had a friend that biked every single kilometer with me and I had, 
um, countless others that fr- from my cross country team, um, families of of kids that I ran with for a long time, they they came out and there was there was a whole group of us and people came and went and they did tons of kilometers with me and Mrs. Firth ended up coming and she ran and biked alongside me along with her husband Randy for for quite a portion of it and it was it was something that I was that I was so proud of I've never been I've never done something I don't think that hard before and at about mile 26 well yeah probably about the marathon distance so I guess 80 kilometers would be about 52 miles so I did two marathons and about halfway through my my quadriceps became like stones like like bricks and I I felt like I wouldn't even be able to do another step and um that's when that's when Mrs. Firth showed up at I think mile 30 and and she was able to to help me and it's just that community piece that comes in that when you're when you're with community I think you can accomplish so much more and that and you can really build relationships with them it was it was an experience that was that I've never had like that before and I think it was one of the one of the best days of my life it was so enjoyable and I've never been I've never been that broken down I don't think physically and I think it really shows who you are I think you learn I think you learn so many life lessons through running and through sport I've always done a lot of sport and I I think you learn um, values like grit and if you're gonna push through and perseverance and and you learn to just even rely on people and you realize that you're somewhat insignificant and you need people to you need people to help you along the way so the the backyard ultra marathon was one of the best things i've ever done in my life and i want to do um another one the same time next year and maybe try maybe try 24 hours <laughs> i remember when you told me that you wanted to do this backyard ultra and i didn't even really understand I didn't really understand exactly what it was and I wasn't paying a ton of attention to it. And then I heard you say somewhere along the line, 24 hours. And I thought, oh my word. Okay. Maybe 12, maybe 10, like maybe just get a few miles under your belt. And I knew that you had a lot of grit and resilience. And I knew that you had a lot of determination, but I had no idea how much I would see in you in one day. I, I've never experienced that with you before to that extreme and that level. And it was really, really neat to see, you know, every 40 minutes, this whole group of people and the group kind of changed throughout the day. There was different people that came in and went and and different people joining you to to run, some people just to cheer you on. But at one point, it felt like there was a swarm of people behind you and they were biking and they were running and it was so hot that day and off you went and I just looked at this swarm of people with you and I couldn't believe how much more you could do because of that community around you. And I think you spoke very beautifully about that because I think there's so much more 
that we can do when we have community around us and we can surprise ourselves. And you definitely surprised everyone around you. And I know that you wanted to do more than you did, but to watch you do as much as you did that day, I think was really a powerful lesson about how far we can push ourselves and also how much more we can do when we have community around us and just how important it is to have that kind of community. And that was inspiring that day. What did you walk away from? Like, what was the most meaningful thing about that day for you? What what had the most impact? What do you walk away from that experience thinking now? I don't think there's one singular thing, but I think two very important things is that you have to have belief in yourself and you have to try new things and, and be confident in who you are that you can that you can attempt something. I think that sometimes in life, um, maybe I don't try things or you, you hold back from something because you're not sure if you can, if you can do it. But I think you just have to step out there. And I think I was, I had no idea when I think about it now going in what it was going to be like. And I walked out, I think, being in a in a situation where now I can I can learn to to do ultra marathons and I think just I don't know if you're ever totally ready for something I think you need to just step in and I think that was one thing I really learned was you need to be believe in yourself and be confident and just step in because you will always be learning and then the next biggest thing is just that community piece that we that we keep talking about. It's so important to have people around you and invest in other people because when you see everyone else's investment in you, it, it's extremely special. I was so blessed to be able to have my friends and my family bike and run alongside me. It was, it was amazing to see. And I think it was such a special day. And I think if there's an one outtake to other people, it'd be just try something new and try something that you have a dream for. And that if, even if you don't think you can maybe do it, just see how far you can go. I I put in that I was maybe going to do 24 hours and I did 12 and I'm extremely proud of it. I think, I think 52 miles is an insanely long way. And I've never ran more than more than six in a race. The longest race was a 10 K. So to be able to see that exponential growth, I think it's just because you got to put yourself out there a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's so true. Just going outside of your comfort zone. That's when we learn so much. That's when we grow is when we're willing to kind of go outside that comfort zone. And I, I think this speaks to the idea that, you know, there's so many surprises with a global pandemic and so many things that we feel like we can't do. And it's true. There's so many things that, that we haven't been able to do, but it does open the door to other opportunities. And though they may not be the same, 
there's things that we can do right now and obviously something you did that you probably wouldn't have done otherwise because I don't even know if they would have had a backyard ultra. It seems like so many of those runs we always think of, you know, we're, we're thinking of those runs as, okay, we need to travel somewhere or, or it's going to be, it's going to be an ultra in, in the coolies and, you know, it's going to, it's going to take me somewhere. But this was just back and forth from your backyard and I, like, it's so creative who would, you know, who would have thought of that outside of COVID? And then because of that pandemic, it put so many restrictions that that was kind of, you know, a way of getting through it and a way of still being able to do an ultra marathon. And I wonder if you would have done that otherwise. So I don't think I would have. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I just, I think, yeah, it's really, it's really neat how you did something that was outside your comfort zone. It was something really creative and it pushed you beyond the limits that you probably thought you had. Mm -hmm. And now I would say that I'm inspired to, to do other ultra marathons and I, and I want to do, to do other races and just being able to have one experience. It really sets you up to, to see what it's like and just have a little taste of it. Well, I'm proud of you for doing that. And I think it really was inspiring to see your your friends and mentors and coaches and parents and family come alongside you that day and kind of cheer you on and just be a part of it and just hang out in the backyard. And I remember our washing machine broke down that day and we had all kinds of things going on inside the house and yet what was going on outside the house was was so fascinating and it really was a very memorable day and Carter I in- encourage you and and wish you well with all of your running endeavors in the future cuz I know you learned so much from this experience and I can't wait to see what you do with the rest of your running career thanks mom Thanks everyone for joining in again for another episode of the Plan B Leadership in Life podcast. I hope you can tell your friends and family about this podcast so we can continue to share encouragement and inspiration and a little bit of hope during these disruptive times. I want to thank my guests, Sean and Aaron Pinder of Runner Soul in Lethbridge. I hope that you can give this local running store a little bit of love and I just want to thank them for being a part of it and also for continuing to encourage and inspire so many runners here in Southern Alberta. I also want to thank my son, Carter Van Roon, for uh, joining me on this podcast today as well. I know he has uh, so many running goals ahead of him, and I just want to thank him for sharing this very special and memorable uh, running achievement and for continuing to inspire others around him, including his mom. <laughs>